What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? It is your favorite sports betting show, the Atia Hour. I'm your host, Trent Atia. It's Thursday. Happy Thursday, everybody. We got the gang back in the studio. Michael O'Brien, Jason Herman, Gavin McHugh, Timmy Bones, and myself, Trent Atia. This is the Atia Hour. We're all about making coin, cash and tickets, picking winners. This show is brought to you by the Book It Sports app. It's free to download on the book on the Google Play Store and Apple App Store. Join the Book It Sports app today. Interact with sports bettors of all kinds. Track your plays. Buy picks from experts. You can do it all. Stop winning and losing your bets alone. Download the Book It Sports app today. Like I said, we're all about making coin. Guys, who made some coin this week? Anybody? I mean, firstly, I don't think I've ever heard you call me Michael O'Brien. Yeah, I know. I heard that that was like hearing... Now. That's like when you heard hear like what little Uzi Vert's real name is. That just was like a weird like I don't what even you? know, but I wouldn't <laughs> want to know because I know him by Uzi little Uzi Vert. But no, I did not cash this weekend because fuck baseball. So and if anyone else cash, please let me know. Last night was pretty electric. I gotta say, I had Corey Seager, Kyle Seager plus seventeen hundred. We had the Seager duo home run parlay. The, the the Seager brothers parlayed last night obviously mariners dodgers game neither of which i watched i'm following <laughs> on the espn app i see after bottom bottom one in the mariners rangers I, I pop up on the score i go in kyle yeah kyle seager two run gagger first wow. inning roll on later on in the night dodgers game starts up in Pittsburgh or not in Pittsburgh against Pittsburgh. And I think it was like the sixth or seventh inning later on in the night being here in central time, it cashes. I threw a little nice little $10 for one seventy Cause who would have expected the Seager brothers to both go yard last night? Dude, yeah, I, was, I, I was watching that Dodger game and Seager like sent one oppo and it looked like it was just going to be a pop out and the ball just carried and carried and like, See, didn't I get all of it. I would like it would have been even oh, it, it, like wasn't like a home run swing like he just like sent it opposite field and just, like somehow the ball just carried and carried and carried like it was pretty wild. And I love like, having like interesting bets like that where it's just like something funny or just like you know like the oh, seagull sure. like you know like what? <laughs> I wish mm-hmm. I would have known that that was being placed because I would have hammered that and it's so classic because. I mean, again, I went to the Dodgers game the other day, and for those who don't know already, I lost all five of my bets at the Dodger game. And one of them was Corey Seager to hit a home run, and I was sitting in left field. Uh, so to hear that he went oppo yard right where I was sitting. <laughs> like right to where, where you were sitting. <laughs> dude, oh, my God. It's so fucking classic. I had David Price's over four and a half strikeouts, finished with three, and had seven batters on an 0-2 count. Didn't strike out. Any of them, any of them. <laughs> Literally, it was incredible. It was ground ball pop up every time. David Price, figure out a payout payoff pitch, my guy. Come on. And then uh, I had the Dodgers run line, guys. It was like it was meant to be. Four to two going into the ninth inning. Guess who's walking out of the pen? The one and only Kenley Jansen. He comes in. Pirates looked like shit all game. And then, of course, the bats get going as soon as Kenley gets in. He finds himself in a jam, gives up a single, run scores, four to three. And then, just like Kenley always does, he finishes the job. Dodgers win by one. 
run line killer, dude. I'm so fucking done with this guy. He's lost me more money than any individual in all of the history of sports. It's fucking bullshit, dude. I'm so done with him. He, but I mean, just knows bust on at this point. <laughs> what? Memo request. <laughs> you did. Yeah. I should just yeah hit, hit, hit my Venmo, please, Kenley. You owe me. <laughs> you owe me, bro. Your contract's up next season. I wouldn't be shocked if you're at home sweating out the Dodgers as well. Uh, because I don't know why. You know what's funny, though? He does save games. He just never covers a spread. Dude, he's actually a good closer, but he just loves to, like, eye a spread and just fuck it. I had the Dodgers Dodgers run line last season in Arizona, and I think they went up four in the 10th. And with two out, no one on, he just starts giving up hit after hit after hit, gives up three runs, and then obviously gets the last out with, like, the tying run at second. I'm pretty sure it's – I'll never forget Lillis. John Lillis had the uh, run line in the last leg of a lay to pay out like 15 grand. And I'm almost positive it was that game. And it was absolutely pitiful and just disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Um, but yesterday we had uh, a crazy line on a baseball game. Padres, Rockies over under. I've never seen it this high before in my seven years of betting on sports. It was 14, 14 runs. Why was it so high? Because two of the worst pitchers in the fucking league were on the mound. And it was a shit show. Uh, Chichi Gonzalez and Jake Prieta. I couldn't think of a better matchup for an over. But when it's set at 14, you got to take the under. And that's exactly what I did. I smacked the under. And they scored 12, thankfully. So we hit that. And then the Rockies at home. This is the weirdest thing, guys. The Rockies at home are like 41 and 14 or something ridiculous. You can't beat them at home. But when they're on the road, they are the worst team in the league. They're 14 and 41 or some shit like that. That makes zero sense. Uh, I took the Nerfy in that game, which was the highest plus money I've ever seen for a Nerfy. Plus 190. You know I'm all over that. We were one out of the way. Thanks, Jake Arrieta, you fucking dick. You suck, bro. You just got a new team. You suck. I will not be shocked if you're at home sweating the Padres here in a little bit as well. Seriously. Uh, but one thing I want to say about the MLB right now, shout out to the San Francisco Giants. Uh, this team is the real deal. And they've already shattered their win total. And there's like 40 games left in the season. The total is set at 78 and a half. Uh, or no, 74 and a half. And they've already crushed that like four days ago. It's the second fastest a team has covered their win total. In MLB history, Timmy Bones, I need to know who the hell was the first. Who was it? That's the stat for Jason. He's got he's got that one apparently. He's been waiting to tell that one. <laughs> Does anyone wow. have this stat? What know, a bro. fucking pussy move right there. Dude, no, you were chirping me about it. How you uh how you already knew it and I was on a timeline to figure it out. I bet you it was like some team in the nineteen hundreds that that is not even existing anymore. I don't think they had win totals in 1905, but I definitely think you're on track. The Black Sox? Hey, yeah. That's, that's cat. They definitely had win totals in 1905. And the Black but Sox. But the weird thing good. is, weird thing is about the Giants right now in that division, um, the Dodgers are three games back, and the Dodgers and Giants are tied to win the division. Just to put that in perspective, the A's are only two and a half games back in the AL West, and they are plus 460 to win. Wow. Wow, that's really good odds on those Oakland A's with the Astros. Kind of selling lately. Uh, that's really weird, though. You know, if you make the Dodgers plus money, we're all everyone's going to be rushing to the book. So they're probably just waiting until the 
little later in the season. No way the Dodgers can come back from four games back with like two weeks left. Then they'll make it plus money. And then the Dodgers will start rallying. Um, but hey, fuck MLB, right? We're done with that shit. It's football time where units are going to be deployed, to say the least. So deployed that we're already going in and looking at all the over-under totals for these quarterbacks. Like we did on the last episode, we were going over the top quarterbacks in the league with the with the best odds to lead the league in passing yards. But now we're in this middle tier. This is where things get interesting. People either shatter their overs, it doesn't even come close, or they completely sell and they don't come anywhere close to it. Uh, this is a very interesting middle tier. Uh, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We got like 10 quarterbacks we're going to cover right now. 10 exactly. Uh, 10 exactly. Beautiful. So let's get right into it. Stop, stop wasting time. Fuck baseball. It's football. Russell Wilson, boys. As you guys know, I'm all over the Seahawks this year. Super Bowl winners plus 2,500 odds. Already locked in my futures bet. Also, already locked in a bet on DK Metcalf to lead the league in receiving yards at plus 1,200. But with that being said, you guys are going to think I'm an idiot here. I'm on the under for Russell Wilson's passing yards at 4,250 and a half. Why? Because if this is going over, he's going to win MVP and Seahawks win the Super Bowl. And you're better off taking those odds than you are on a minus 110 uh, over passing yards for Russell Wilson. I think that DK Metcalf is going to kill it and lead the league in receiving, but he's not going to have 4,000 yards. And who else does fucking Russell Wilson have to throw to? No one. Literally. I'm on the under. I'm actually not even taking this. I would lean under, though, because I think that there's just it, – it's just not – he's never hit this number. He's never hit this over. He's only thrown over 4,000 yards twice in his career, and he has never – hit this over. So you guys think he's going to have the best season of his career this year? I think this over actually feels pretty good. And I think it's because that relationship with DK Metcalf you're talking about, I mean, he's increased from year one to year two, not only his receptions, but also yards and yards went from 900 to 1300. So clearly he's picking up a lot of yards after catching that football, which is huge. And when you're talking about other targets, I mean, he's got Tyler Lockett, right? And Tyler Lockett over the past three years has seen his receptions almost double, right, in the past three years. So, I mean, I like the over. And, I mean, when you look at a team like this as well and you go, okay, they have Chris Carson, that's a good running back, that kind of hurts the the pass game a little bit. I would also disagree there because he's never played a full 16-game season. So it's not really someone that you're relying on pretty heavily. He had a good year last year. But also last year his receptions were the highest in his career. So they're also looking to throw the ball to Chris as well, not just their receivers. So, I mean, this seems like a pass-heavy offense. And the over, he only missed it by, what was it? think 100 yards maybe so and you're looking at an extra game or no miss by 30 yards and you're, you have an extra game so I mean this over feels good to me honestly uh, I mean I think Russ is gonna have a good year and I think the Seahawks are gonna be good but I'm just way too hesitant to bank on the fact that he's gonna have over 4,200 yards the word out of camp apparently in the Seahawks facilities is with this new offense coordinator they got Sean Heimer's gone. Uh, they brought the past coordinator from the Rams over. 
they don't want to throw the ball as much. And there were so many games where, you know, they just let Russ cook. Right. Yeah. And I don't know if that's so much the mentality that they're going to have this season. You said it, Carson hasn't stayed healthy all like for 17 or 16 games ever. Um, but, you know, assuming that, okay, he's back and he's going to be healthy. They're obviously going to try to get the running game a little more involved. Um, look, I mean, he would have hit this last year. Absolutely. And in, in the last two seasons, I mean, he had 42, 42, 12 last year, and then a little over 4,100 the year before, but he did have a career high in interceptions last year. And like, we, we all know, we all watched second half of the season. They didn't look good. He was just slinging it. They're going to want the ball to get out of his hands a bit way quicker this season. So, and last year too, he had three games um, where he was, he threw the ball 35 or more times in those games. Uh, or no, so sorry. He had seven games where he threw the ball 35 or more times in those games. He accounted for it 19 touchdowns. So I like his under in yards and his under in touchdowns, because if he's not throwing the ball as much, he's not going to get those opportunities to score 19 touchdowns in seven games. So I don't know. 33 is, is a pretty low number for Russ for touchdowns, but I just can't bank on a quarterback when we know that they're going to be passing the ball a little less. I feel like Vegas right now is kind of like just enjoying the fact that Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are kind of being underestimated in this division with, you know, Stafford now on the Rams and everyone's talking about LA. And we also have at the same time, Kyler Murray and what their plan is going to be. And obviously big, big expectations in Arizona. And I just think like we could, we're obviously flipping back and forth between over under yards, over under TDs, but we can all agree on this like they're not the same team as they used to be where in 2014, 2015, where they have such a strong defensive side of the ball with like Bobby Wagner, Sherman, Thomas. And this is mm-hmm. like kind of had to convert over. Obviously, we saw last year how terrible the secondary was and like their struggles on defense. This is an offensive based team, I feel like now. And looking back, so I was, I was even, I had the chance, I went to the Super Bowl in 2014 when Russ won at MetLife over, and they like steamrolled the, um, Broncos. the Broncos. Broncos. And, and I just, I just feel like this, in that season, he only had 20 passing TDs. So it's just so interesting to see how they've like evolved from like being. They had like, Marshawn Lynch too. Such a dominant you know, dominant defensive side of the ball team to now like they're kind of definitely 100% relying on relying on the offensive side. So I, I mean, they, I mean, they might, they might want to throw the ball less, but it's also Russell Wilson. They're not going to not be throwing the ball at like his max clip every game. I feel like this is, I mean, he hit this, the, the passing touchdowns at 33 and a half and three of the past four years. So with it being, you know, quote unquote low for Russell Wilson, I wouldn't mind a sprinkle. I don't, I actually don't know if I would put money on his passing touchdowns over under. I would definitely put money on the over of his passing yards, but the passing touchdowns, I would probably go with what Trent said about the passing yards. I would maybe lean the over for the passing touchdowns, but I don't know if I would put actual money on it. Yeah, I, I completely yeah. agree. I mean, I'm just looking at the depth chart. It, the options of wide receiver are just gross for this team. You got DK, of course, Tyler Lockett, of course, who is questionable. Then you have Freddie Swain as your wide receiver three. Dwayne Eskridge, Penny Hart, John Erse. I mean, like, what, dude? It's just not very deep. So but for DK, a guy like Russ, all you really need is those two weapons. Tyler Lockett's a dog, too, man. He had, like, 100 receptions, 1,000-something yards last year. So, I mean, this I'm isn't also- a guy that you're like, oh, after DK Metcalf, there's nobody. Like, Tyler Lockett is still a weapon in that offense. 
I just don't like Tyler Lockett because he just doesn't perform for my fantasy team. When I here we go again, dude. I definitely think Trent's disrespecting Tyler Lockett a little bit, but I mean, I'm always like, we'll talk about this later when we get to some other quarterbacks. But I'm always just nervous about passing touchdowns with guys that can run. And Russell's not necessarily a scrambler, but I mean, like when you're at the five yard line, when you know you're going to get half your touchdowns are going to be these dump offs and quick little fades to DK, like. There are going to be some plays where Russ is just going to scramble. There are going to be probably plays drawn for Russ to run up the middle. So that, I mean, it, whether it's two, three, or four touchdowns taken away from me as an overbetter because he's running it in, that's still a significant amount uh, when it comes to, again, a quarterback that we already know is not going to be slinging it like he has been the last two years. Mm-hmm. So, And a quick little side note out of like, I feel like with this division, the extra game's definitely going to matter with like oh, yeah. you know, them everyone battling. So I I do think that plays a big role and a factor on on his over under yards for sure. Absolutely. That's true. So we got, and the Rams, got, you talked you talked about the division. The Rams were last season the number one team against the pass. So those are two yeah. games right there that that won't be in Russell's favor. That's why yeah. I love the under baby. Under Russell Wilson for me and Jason at 4,250 and a half. Mikey and Gavin both on the over in this one. We're going to come back to that once the season's over. We'll show you guys that that shit's going under. Or the Seahawks are Super Bowl champions. One of the two is going to happen. Next up, <laughs> I just don't think that's how that works, but continue. It, it, is, it is. Watch. Trust me. Trust me. Either they miss the playoffs or they win the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah, that's the, that's the kind of season it's going to be for the Seahawks. And I'll take my chances with a little sprinkle on the Super Bowl odds. Next player, next QB, electric. The one and only Ryan Fitzpatrick of the football team. He plays for the football team now. And the over-under for his passing yards is 3,900 and a half. Last season in 2020, he only played nine games, uh, but he did have 2,091 passing yards. Guys, I... Am riding the Fitzmagic train, all over the Fitzmagic train this year. He's going to Washington. They've got a good young core surrounding him uh, at wide receiver and just on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but he's only played two seasons with six, starting all sixteen games, and in those two seasons, twenty twelve and twenty thirteen, I believe, uh, with the Bills, he smashed this over, disrespectfully smashed this over, uh, and I'm riding it riding he's only hit uh or no he has a solid run game but still i think that this offense is going to be facilitated heavily through the long ball um young fresh receiver scary terry he's gonna have a year i'm hammering this over anyone joining me yes absolutely and you said it the talent around Fitzpatrick. I mean, we've seen what he has done with so much le- lesser skilled teams, dude. Like he's, you said, I mean, nine games, 2000 yards. That's, that's pretty impressive for uh, the Miami team that did. I mean, they were not that good. I think Devonte Parker was the best receiver, but um, I mean, he had 3,500 yards the year before in just 13 games with the dolphins. So the one thing that is interesting to me that makes me love everything about Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, maybe even enough to sprinkle leading league and passing yards, but let's not get crazy, is that Kyle Allen, the backup for Fitz, um, who started some games for Washington last year, said that Antonio Gibson is going to be used like Christian McCaffrey 
was is used in Carolina. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Allen played in Carolina too. So I trust that he knows how that offense works. So if you're talking about a guy out of the backfield that's going to have the ability to catch the ball like McCaffrey, I mean, that's an easy another, you know, that could be another 500 yards added to Fitzmatrick's total. And obviously those are yards taken away from the rushing game because it's plays getting, getting your running back involved, but also giving more passing yards to Fitzpatrick. And mm-hmm. the addition of Curtis Samuel. Pair him up with Terry McLaurin, two former Ohio State guys, so, you know, they're my guys. Curtis Samuel is the definition of a quick little uh, forward pitch that's really just a run play, but Curtis Samuel's going to take that thing 40 yards. He had a catch percentage last year in Carolina, 80%. 80% of his targets were catches, and the reason for that is they're all just short dump-offs, plays, run for him, give Curtis Samuel the ball at the line of scrimmage, but these are all going to count for passing yards for Fitzpatrick. Out of that, those 80% catch, that catch rate for Curtis Samuel last year, he had over 850 yards. So I think just everything's pointing. And, I mean, I just said two arguments for why he's going to hit that total, and I haven't even talked about Terry McLaurin yet. And like you said, this is Terry's third year. I think he's probably going to become one of the best receivers in the league. So I love I his – yeah, love his passing yards, love his touchdowns. If Kyle Allen in Carolina, for perspective, with – Kirsten McCaffrey, who is, let's just say, is what Antonio Gibson could maybe be this year, plus Curtis Samuel with no Terry McLaurin. If he in 17 games scored or in 12 games scored 17 touchdowns, then with six, five more games for Fitzmagic, he can get to six more touchdowns. I don't know if that math makes sense, but that's the way I look at it. Book it. <laughs> <laughs> what about Circle Jerk McKinnon? Can't leave him out of the conversation. Exactly. I mean, Circle Jerk. If you have any good fun, you're because he's going to take away so many. I, I'm already, I, my, the way my draft is, I already know I'm probably going to end up with him. And I don't even want to talk about McKissick because it's going to piss me off. But yes, it'll make me happy because I will be making coin on Fitzmagic's total for sure. Love it. It was fun. Yeah. Like, I was looking back at like his stats and like all the way back to 2005, which is just like crazy to think of how long Fitzpatrick's been in the league. But even with 2015, seeing like some of his guys, he had 2,000-yard wide receivers in Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall. They had like both insane years that year. And it just like also makes me think about like how is the McLaurin-Fitzpatrick connection going to be. Uh, if Like last year he made the Dolphins like playoff contenders with uh, Devontae Parker. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, and I'm and really McLaurin's – no, you're good. The year, the, the year McLaurin had last year with Dwayne Haskins starting the first half and then Alex Smith coming back. And we all know Trent's rule established on the on the last show is you don't bet on dudes whose legs were sideways nine months ago. And Alex Smith's <laughs> leg was not just sideways, but like almost off his body. But he was still <laughs> he was uh still able to look to to get McLaurin those numbers, like you said, a thousand yards. So I mean Fitzmagic, stay healthy. We're hitting this for sure. What I do real quick was um, if Daniel Jones, his rookie year, can throw for 24 TDs in the NFC East, I think Fitzpatrick could definitely throw for over 23 and a half. I like that's a great point. So I love his TDs. Over under 23, that sounds like a lock. We're all aboard the uh, Fitzmagic train. If you're not on board, I mean, this might be the one that I actually put units on. Because I think there's value here. I think it's disrespectful to put his... We think Fitz is going to throw for 4K. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, he threw for 2,009 games in a shitty Dolphins team. Give me Ryan Fitzmagic. 
book it. Book that. Anyone else have anything to add before we move on to Derek Carr? Because I've got a lot to say. Nothing else to say. Nothing else to say. Great. Next up, Derek Carr's over-under for passing yards, 4,075 and a half. Last year, he nailed this uh, with one less game than he will have this year. He had 4,103. From what I understand, we're all hammering this over here. In fact, I'm actually also going to be placing units on this as well. Uh, at first, I was looking at this and I was like, why would you ever put money on Derek Carr's over or under in yards? I feel like there's so many other things you can bet on that are just less disgusting than this. But then I started looking into it and thinking about it a lot more. And honestly, I like it. You're getting an extra game, right? We, he already hit this over last year. Raiders didn't even have that good of a season. The over under for the Raiders this year on wins is six and a half. I think that goes over. And if, it, if it's going to go over, he's got to hit his over in passing yards uh, and run it back again like he did last season. Uh, and Gruden's offense is an air raid offense, right? They are just slinging it uh, majority of the time. And Derek Carr is pretty accurate with those long balls. Uh, and Jacobs, Josh Jacobs hasn't been getting the carries. He's not just getting the carries. Uh, like other offenses normally do with their run games. He's also a great receiving uh, running back. So I just think this over does make sense. It's less yards than he had last year. I think the Raiders got better. I think that this over in their wins is going to hit. And if it is going to win, this over in yards is going to smack as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm totally with you on this one. I think this number feels definitely a little disrespectful for someone that hit it last year and you're adding an extra game. And he gets another year with John Gruden, and he has shown constant improvement every single year under John Gruden. And you finally get maybe a Henry Ruggs that was told to put on some weight in the offseason and actually show up. Henry yeah. Ruggs only caught 26 balls for 452 yards last year, and I think he might come close to a grand this year. And in addition to that, they also added Kenyon Drake. You know, when you're talking about backs that love to catch the ball, Kenyon Drake is a back mm-hmm. that you literally only signed to catch the ball. So you're adding pieces – And you're throwing the ball more to not only Josh Jacobs, but also Darren Waller, man. I mean, that guy probably might touch almost two grand yards this year, the way he's been playing. I mean, this over, I want everything to do with this over. And I'm actually, I agree with you. I'm kind of big on the Raiders this year too. And I think not only will he hit his over in yards, but I think he'll also hit over 25 and a half passing touchdowns. Nothing's funnier to me when Trent uh, makes an argument for a bet that should hit. And his argument is that this bet will hit because I have another bet that I think is going to hit. So if that bet hits, then this bet has to hit. I'm like, Hmm, really, really sold there. Using um, transitive property. It makes sense. That's yeah. Well, I mean, I, I suppose it depends who's listening, but no, I mean, you guys said it like he, the, the number is just too low. And with 17 game, Derek Carr is a guy that has not missed a game in his career. He's played 16 games since he's been a starter and the last three seasons, he's hovering around that 4,000, over 4,000 in each of the last three seasons. So, again, we've been saying it's kind of weird to look at every quarterback, the pro, the number, because there's a 17th game and it's hard to to have that mindset that there's an extra game. But if he's been hitting 4,000 consistently in 16 games and he has a history of not getting hurt and, and being out the first team, I, I don't see why he can't do it again. The touchdowns, though, um, I don't know. I mean, Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake say what you will about their pass catching abilities, but they still over the last two seasons have combined for 37 touchdowns, the two of them. So I think, I mean, 
it it it, it is kind of a, a threat to his touchdown prop. Um, I just don't know if I also don't really know if I trust the offense enough to have the opportunity for Derek Carr to throw 27 touchdowns. I think passing yards is different. They could be losing. And like you said, Gruden want to sling it. But I mean, you still have to be like in order to hit. I don't like taking touchdown props for a team that I don't think is necessarily going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns. I don't think the Raiders are going to be good. I mean, they're looking at, you know, could be third. I mean, probably battling with the Broncos for third in that division. So yeah, I don't know if I'll be touching the touchdowns, but yeah, we all love over for sure in the yards. Really, That's the only thing that. that um, even last year, he lost that game at the end of the, the season when Mariota played when he got hurt. So he he crushed, he hit both these over unders for both touchdowns and yards, and uh, in adding an, another game this year, I mean I think both, it's safe to say that both of these are, are definitely looking good. I like his TDs almost more than like his yards. I mean I'm not going to touch his yards, but I do like his TDs because Jason, you had mentioned that Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs have like combined for I think you said 37 over the last two years. So it's 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 really interesting to see that. Kirk Cousins, I mean, fuck, my bad. Um, Derek Carr had 27 TDs last year while Josh Jacobs still had 12 rushing TDs. So, I mean, unless Josh Jacobs is going for 14, 15, and like add Kenyon Drake in the mix, I still think he hits his TDs with, plus, don't forget Henry Ruggs coming back for mm-hmm. his, his sophomore year. Yeah, you need to get I mean, Kirk really? Cousins out of your mind, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You've been talking about him all day. I've been talking about him all morning. It's like Kirk Cousins is like, Top of the list. The only thing Big that's Kirk guy. about this uh, about this over is the defenses in this division. I think got a lot better, uh, so we're gonna need Derek to really step it up and show his true colors if he's gonna take this over in not only his yards but Raiders win total. And if they want to at least be in the conversation of somewhat making the playoffs, doubt it. But we need. I Derek. don't think so. And we don't sleep on the Alex Crusoe of the NFL, Hunter Renfro. Oh, great comparison. So <laughs> true. Why is he compared to Caruso? Just, Just terrible hairlines. They're both freakishly athletic, and they both have to be white, for sure. I mean, that was – Plays a part. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, but, but they're freakishly athletic, terrible hairline. They're on, like, Fair pretty enough. good teams. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that works. That works. All right, next up, uh, we got Kyler Murray of the Cardinals. His over-under is 4,150 and a half. Last year, just barely missed uh, surpassing 4,000. He finished with 3,971, just shy of 4K. Does Kyler Murray go over 4K this year? Dude, he's going over. I'm I'm so big on Kyler Murray this year. He's going to be – by far and away, my favorite quarterback to watch. I love the system he plays in. I mean, they have the 13th hardest schedule this year, so it is definitely an improvement from last year when they had the eighth. So you assume that that's going to play a part in it. Uh, he's never hit this in his career, I- I'll say that. Uh, but the one thing I will say is when you think about his weapons, right, DeAndre Hopkins, when I was looking at this partnership, the one thing I wanted to see was how did Hopkins improve over his relationship with uh, Deshaun Watson, right? In his second year with Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins had one of his best years. And I think DeAndre Hopkins is one of these wide receivers where once you learn that this guy's catch radius is probably the best in the NFL, you're only going to improve as a thrower and as a team. And I think Kyler Murray, when you're looking at that duo, 
I think this is going to be the one too in the NFL this year. I know you got Julio down in Tennessee, but I, I really think that these two are going to put it together. And, you know, you added A.J. Green. He's old. He's probably washed, probably going to get hurt. But he's going to play that same role that Larry Fitzpatrick did last year as the old guy that maybe will reel in a couple catches. So I don't hate Larry that. Fitz, you know? Larry, Larry Fitz who? Did I say Larry Fitzpatrick? God, we are all over the place this morning. <laughs> No, but yeah, I mean, uh, every year uh, they've had Kyler Murray attempting more passes, and he's completing more passes every year. So it, tr- it shows that they're trusting his arm and his legs, too. So, I mean, this is a dual-threat quarterback that can sling it just as well as he can run it. And he's got, mm-hmm. I think, the best wide receiver in the game on his team. So I don't hate this at all. Gavin, I yeah, assume you're only over two, yeah? No, yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm, I mean, I feel like Mike's over here just – just looking at my looking at my notes. <laughs> well, so I'm the only one in the under. All right. I mean, I don't know if I'm I'm gonna throw actual units on it, but the reason why I disagree with you guys is I said it earlier. I just it's so sus for me to bet on a quarterback to do something with his arm when he can do it better with his legs. And like you're not gonna tell me that Kyler Murray can he can run better than he can throw. And I'm not saying that he's not a good quarterback. I mean, he's obviously put up the numbers, but look. We're talking about the division and the schedule. That's two games against the Rams, two games against the Niners. And I'm not, I won't mention the Seahawks that were terrible last year, but I envision that they're going to be a much better defensive team uh, this year, especially after they just paid Jamal Adams. But two games against the Rams, two against the Niners, two of the top four teams against the pass last year. So I don't know. That, his running ability, will be stealing yards away from the pass. And if anyone defends this argument by telling me they got A.J. Green too, like Mike said, okay, cool. AJ Green has won a thousand yard season in his last four. That's like telling me that. I mean, I was going to compare it to like Carmelo going to Lakers, but actually, I think Carmelo going to Lakers is a much better. That actually, he will contribute way more than AJ Green will contribute to the Cardinals. They also side. have Christian Kirk, too, right? So, I mean, it's not like their wide receiver, like core goes from DeAndre Hopkins yeah. and then falls to AJ Green. Like they do have Christian Kirk, who's good, and Chase Edmonds, who they dumped the ball off to as well. Yeah, well, I mean, only gone up to yeah. Of uh, James Conner, who another James Conner, who's getting signed just to catch passes. Yeah, and their O line is actually not bad. Almost cracked the top ten last year uh, in overall talent on the offensive line. And imagine taking an under with an with with an offense under Cliff Kingsbury. I I couldn't imagine. I could. This is, this I, don't is, know. I, I don't know if I'm taking the under. I just um, you guys aren't selling me on the over. I can just I can see that you're. You're 50 yards away from hitting it week 17. He goes back. Christian Kirk's flying down the field. A.J. Green's probably cramping up to the first down <laughs> marker. DeAndre is fighting with the cornerback trying to get open. And then Kyler, just after three seconds of no one being open, just going to take off and run. And you're going to be like, well, there goes my over. I don't know. It's just sus. So, so then explain this, Jason. Why is his rushing yards this year uh, over under 624 when last year he had – 819. Does that suggest that maybe Vegas is saying he's going to be throwing the ball more? No, I think it's one of the many examples of Vegas just absolutely botching the line here. I don't like <laughs> understand why it's so low, and I am way more confident in that hitting. So I, I don't have an answer for that. I don't. It's just like Kirk's number we're going to talk about later. Like There are just some numbers here that, yeah, this is the second tier of quarterbacks, but I do not understand – Kyler also, like, think about his last season. They were, like, a playoff team the first half of the season. Then he got banged up. He consistently got banged up, and he stopped running the ball. 
Yeah. And that's why he was banged up. I don't even think he, he sat out maybe the last game or, or all the last game three, or second half. He only rushed for three yards in his last game. Yeah, that's because he got hurt. So obviously, like, I don't need to say it. Like, this is all my arguments, all if healthy, but he got hurt last year. And before he got hurt in the first half of the season, he was running. But I think, too, that, you know, you're returning a great offensive line. Maybe the messaging is only use the feet when you need to, sit in the pocket, and let's see what we can do. If, if they tell Kyler to only use the feet when they need to, it's bad coaching. But I don't know. Like, if he's getting hurt, you know, you'd rather conserve him than be like, just but that's play what makes, your that's what makes Kyler a different quarterback. That's what makes Kyler the blend of the exact quarterback you want. You got your Mahomes. I'm not saying he's Mahomes, and you got your Lamar Jackson. So there's, there's, Lamar is not a guy with a gunslinging arm. I mean, we'll see this year, but like you, after watching Lamar this year, you know he would rather run than throw. Mm-hmm. You got Mahomes, who can run, but he obviously is the best arm in the NFL, and he's going to throw. And then you got Kyler, who's in the middle somewhere, who can run almost as good as Lamar, and he can throw the ball and throw it downfield. Like so, I'm. I'm saying that I think there will there's gonna have to be a mix of him running and and you said Cliff Kingsbury, this guy's coming from the Big Twelve like he he's called to get, he's called the game before to get Kyler on his feet and if you don't allow Kyler to run the ball you're not using you're not using half of his skill set you're not allowing him to be the true Kyler so I don't know just, my logic I'm tells wrong. me that he's not he it's just gonna be a, a big number for him to hit with that running ability so Cardinal Super Bowl. <laughs> yes, I would love to see that. I don't think so. No, I mean they're in the best division in football, and that's going to be a tough best one. division. Yeah, by far the best division in football. Just, um, just a quick uh, tangent. I completely uh, fucked myself last season in that Bills Cardinals game. Josh Allen threw the game winning touchdown or game go ahead touchdown with like thirty seconds to go. So I thought it was a good idea to then leave my house to go do what I was going to do. I got a call like five minutes later. Oh, you just missed the craziest catch ever. Like, just <laughs> just trying. You know, that's like just something that would happen to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You have the worst luck. Anything involving football, whether it's fantasy, consuming a game, whatever. Yeah. So, in other words, nothing I'm saying actually matters because I'm just going to, he's, uh, everything I'm saying is just not going to happen. But it's not going to be my fault. It's just going to be unlucky, which is okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next guy, Kirk Cousins of the Vikings. Uh, over under here is 4,050 and a half. Last year, he had 4,265, so he cracked 4K. Looks like you guys are on the over, and I'm absolutely fading, and here's why. It's fucking Kirk Cousins, guys. You think he's going to have over 4,000 yards? Do I actually have any statistical reason behind why I'm fading you? No, but it's Kirk Cousins. It's Kirk fucking Cousins. And they have Dalvin Cook, who I think is going to have an MVP year. I think that he's going to get 2,000 yards. Over 2K for Dalvin, which is going to take away from Kirk Cousins and the wide receivers in in Minnesota. Fuck Kirk, dude. I've watched this guy since he was on the Redskins. When I was a fake Redskins fan, I was the fakest Redskins fan you could find. Uh, But I actually watched all... The Redskins games from start to finish, and it was brutal. And I hate Kirk Cousins because he put me through misery for like the three years I was a fake Skins fan. I ain't touching his over. If you think I'm putting units, actual real U.S. dollars on this man to hit an over, you're absolutely out of your mind. If you, I mean, I doubt you guys can sell me on taking an over, but I'd love to see you try. 
I think your analysis is pretty wrong here, just to be honest with you. I feel like when you look at numbers, especially like this, where he hits it by almost 200 yards and Vegas lowers it while the NFL adds a game. And I think you would have said the same thing last year if his number was here about Dalvin Cook. But Dalvin Cook had 1,500 rushing yards, and Kirk still got this over. He gets another year with Justin Jefferson. He still has Adam Thielen, and he threw the ball 100 more times than he did from 2019 to 2020. So they clearly trust Kirk's arm and the over-unders lower than his yards last year. So, I mean, Dalvin Cook almost had an MVP year last year and he still hit this. So, I mean, Kirk's got great weapons. He's got a great running back. I mean, I don't see why this wouldn't hit, to be totally honest with you, with the extra game as well. Completely agree. Completely agree. I, I think it's just it's absurd, your argument. First of all, you want to talk about 2,000 yards for Dalvin? Like, I don't hate that. I like it. I think they're going to feed Dalvin a lot. Okay, well, guess who got 2,000 last year? Derrick Henry. Tannehill, how many did he throw for? It's right here. Tannehill threw for 3,819. Okay, so it's a little less than, than Kirk's number. But who are you Who are you riding with in this, in this situation? You have, a first of all, A.J. Brown, the year before last year, pretty sure he was up there leading the league in, in rookie receiving yards. And then what did he do last year? in his second year, was an absolute beast, a true wide receiver number one. You draw any parallels to anyone? Uh, I know you know someone on the Minnesota offense, Trent, because I'm pretty sure you had him on your fantasy team last year and you were jizzing all over him, right? So do you not think that Justin Jefferson or Jefferson, I mean, uh, Jefferson, sorry, sorry. Pay attention to the argument year before. Here. I had okay. a feeling the year before, but yeah, J.J. was an absolute lock. So my point is Justin Jefferson, there's just no – there's no chance – it has to go right for Justin Jefferson this year. He's in the right situation. It's a second year in the league. He absolutely dominated last year. You still have that great number two option with Thielen. And my argument, my Tannehill argument still makes sense because if Tannehill is still able to throw for 3,800 yards with the 2,000-yard uh, running back, it just proves that you can still have a 2,000-yard running back. And, again, this is saying that Dalvin's going to run for 2,000, but you can still have a running back that will get the amount of carries to even be able to run for 2,000 and still have a quarterback throw for 38, 39, 4,000 yards. So I love it. And the number also, like the only note I had really going into this was just the number is just way too low for me. Yeah. I definitely I think mean, Vegas intends for Dalvin Cook to have like a massive year this year. That's the only reason yeah. I would think they would place it lower than his actual yards last year with adding the game. But um, honestly, when like statistically looking over, Kirk Cousins is the most consistent guy I feel like on this list. I mean, five of the last six seasons – He's had 25 plus TDs, and only one of those years he's had under six or under 4,000 passing yards. So, I mean, for me, I would definitely, I would, I would put a unit for sure on on Kirk. I Mr. mean, honestly, the more I look into it, the more I hear you guys try and sell me on this. I honestly don't hate it. Uh, he's only not, <laughs> he's only not hit his over once, and that was in 2019. And a lot since since 2015, he's only not hit his over. Uh, with the number that it's set at one time, which is pretty impressive. I didn't know that. And only two QBs have 25,000 passing yards and a QBR of at least 100 since 2015. And I don't believe this, but it's Cousins and Brady. Timmy Bones, I'm going to have to call cap on that. How the hell is Cousins in a conversation with Brady? That blows my mind. Timmy Bones, are you bullshitting? This is straight from CBS. So you can call, <laughs> call the bullshit. Not, not a sponsor. Straight from the source. Uh, I'm not double check that. Double check that. Uh, over under passing TDs, he's got 28 and a half. Last year he had 35. Do you guys think that that over could hit? 
I love this too. He's only not hit this in one of his three years in Minnesota. And I mean, like, like we've been saying, I think Justin Jefferson next year is going to be an absolute animal. So if you're telling me that over 28 and a half, you're going to hit the under, I think you're crazy with this team and what we just talked about and what Kirk does in the air. Like, I don't see this going under, to be honest with you. Do you draft, uh, do you draft JJ before you draft Thielen? No. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought. Hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Hundred percent. And back to and just about the touchdowns, really quick. With uh, Tannehill last year, the two thousand yard running back, he still threw for thirty three touchdowns. So that I think uh, having a running back that good honestly opens up the passing game a little bit at the goal line because what did Tannehill do? Tannehill just fake handoff to to Derrick Henry. They had eleven guys on defense going for Derrick Henry, and then. Tannehill would either just run it in or just lob it up to AJ Brown. I feel like it's going to be very similar with Kirk Cousins this year. Everyone's going to be focused the two, three yard line. Everyone will be focused on Dalvin. He's obviously going to get a lot of that work, but there will be three, four, or five touchdowns this year that are just PAs, play actions, fades to Jefferson, slants to Thielen at the two, three yard line, and those are just stealing touchdowns away from Dalvin that uh, will make Dalvin fantasy owners really pissed. But Kirk Cousins over touchdown better is very happy. Uh, like you know what? You know what, boys? You successfully did your job. You 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 got me. You on it? I think I I think I'm bought in. I think oh, I can no. get bought into over on uh, Kirk Cousins here. Let's move on to Jared Goff, uh, new QB in Detroit. R.I.P. Jared. Uh, his over under <laughs> is three three thousand nine hundred ninety five and a half. So we need him to. Crack the 4K mark. Last year, he did not. He missed it by just under 50 yards, uh, 3,952. What do you guys – I mean, are you going to even put units on this? If you were to put I mean, units on it, what are you going to take? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Away. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I would never throw a unit on a Detroit Lions player unless it was Calvin Johnson of like eight years ago and it was his receiving yards. But listen, Jared Goff has only hit this in two of the five years he's played, and it was with much better weapons than he's going to have in Detroit, a much better O-line, and I think a much better coach. He's got no one to fucking throw the ball to. It's in Detroit. He doesn't even have a run game to distract for the passing game. There's no shot he hits 4K yards this year. I just do not see it happening. If anyone else thinks that he will, I'd love to hear why, because maybe you can sell me, but I, there's no – part of my body that's want that wants to put a unit or watch this team at all this year so yeah i want to i got oh go ahead jason let's hear you no i was just gonna say yeah just keep interrupting me i was just gonna say that um i got some notes on jared goff i'm just waiting to pull it up here it is under jared goff all i have is fuck no next (laughs) (laughs) you made us wait to pull that shit up It's a lot to remember. We got ten quarterbacks. I have to pull up. If if Jared's going to hit this over, that means he has to have a better season than Stafford did in his last two seasons in Detroit. And honestly, why I think that this is going to go over? What does Jared have to lose being in Detroit? Nothing. Wait, you have this going over in Los Angeles? What? You you have this over. I'm I'm telling you why I like the over. Okay. He has nothing to lose in Detroit. Yeah, sure, he doesn't have any options at wide receiver. Except for 17 games. He does have TJ Hawkinson, and you know that Goff absolutely loves dishing it to his tight end. Uh, But like I said, he's got nothing to lose. 
in the run game, yeah, they have Swift, who's actually – you're sleeping on Swift, Jason. He's a good distraction uh, for the what? defense. I'm saying you know, I'm, I'm sleeping on Swift. You said I am one no sleeping on. I just said, oh, Mike fuck said no next. <laughs> Mike said he used no run game. They do have a run game. Swift is solid. Yeah, Barry uh, Sanders. But I think that Gar- Goff has a lot to prove. I think he's going to want to sling it and throw for 4K yards. And I think he does it. Listen, you can well, want to sling it, but slinging it and wanting to sling it are two totally different things. And with his receiving core, I wouldn't be shocked. If he's got ten plus picks by like the sixth week or the fifth week, honestly, like this could be a disaster in Detroit. <laughs> a <laughs> How do you feel? And, PDs. At twenty and a half. Yeah, it feels right. low. It feels low for what I said, but with seventeen oh, wow. games, like I don't know. Can't trust him. Can't trust him. If Wait, I- Trent, did you did you say that he had to have a in order to hit this over under, he had to have a better season than Stafford had the last two seasons with Detroit? Yeah. Dude, in twenty nineteen, Kenny Galladay, I don't know the exact number, but Kenny Galladay had like a career year. Like he was yeah, like a true wide receiver one. And Stafford still couldn't hit this number. <laughs> yes, correct. And there's no Kenny Galladay or anyone of any I, I couldn't even name you. They have that kid <laughs> from USC, St. Brown. Stafford's like, dude, fuck this city. Get me out of here. But Why you think just because he's got nothing to lose, worse wide receivers that he's going to go out here and throw for 4K because he's got nothing to lose and he yeah, loves right. to throw the ball. He definitely yeah. has something to lose. Like, Detroit's not a nice city. I mean, we could all of a sudden reports of uh, his car stolen. Things are gone. No, That's here's all- what happens. Here's what happens. Jared Goff slings it. has a career year, right? Detroit's like, well, shit, now we got a value, valuable piece of trade bait. Trades him, gets a fuck ton of picks, goes to a team that's making a playoff run, but their QB gets hurt. We need to move on. Boom. You're speaking uh, out of here. I honestly will will be would be willing to bet that Jared Goff is out of the league in over under five years. Wow. Under. That's just straight up disrespectful. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of mean. But dude, he sucks. He's so bad. I've seen him play in person a couple times, and I'm it's like shocking how like little the ball spirals. Like he doesn't, he doesn't throw the ball like a quarterback should throw. I don't know. All right, let's keep it moving. Let's move on to Jameis Winston, uh, which is not. There's no odds yet for his total yards uh, or total touchdowns, but there are odds for Jameis Winston plus five thousand five hundred to lead the league in passing, which I think is cheeky, cheeky value because he's done it before. Does anyone think that there's value here? And before you answer, uh, there's also a line on Jameis Winston to take first snap for the Saints in week one. Yes is minus 185. No is plus 140. I love the yes. No way Taysom Hill gets that first snap. Anyone else taking either of these picks at the plus 5,500 lead the league in passing or yes to take the first touchdown? I had yes originally, but... Uh, Jason said some stuff pre-show that made me not want to take this, especially with plus money on the no. I might be leaning towards just a quick sprink on no for plus money because of the situation they have with Taysom. Um, um, absolutely. I actually did yesterday. I did place a little little sprink and bank on uh, the plus 140 no. Here's the situation. When no. Drew Brees got hurt last year, Taysom Hill was the starter for all those games. Yeah. And Taysom Hill is the starter right now in training camp. So it is pretty safe to say that it's Taysom Hill's job right now. Do I think it will be Taysom Hill's job all year? Fuck no. 
Fuck no. James Winston has to be starting. And that's why there's no odds for Jameis to for his individual passing yards or touchdowns. Yet there's odds for him with the league in passing, which I love. Uh, see where your head's at, Vegas. But it's Taysom's job to lose in camp. And if you've done some research and you've read some athletic articles from the New Orleans beat reporters like I have, you would realize that they are both playing horribly in camp. Just bad day after bad day. Sean Payne saying no one's separating each other. It doesn't sound like it's going great in New Orleans uh, right now. Um, But if they keep on playing bad and no one's really stepping up the plate, it's going to be Taysom because it's Taysom's to lose. Jameis has to earn the job. He will. I'm sure he'll be starting in in a few weeks when the season starts. But for the first snap, like Jameis ain't doing anything in the next couple weeks to take that away from Taysom Hill. And it's plus 140. Plus money value. Any other takes here before we move on from Jameis Winston? No, sir. Beautiful. Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, over under 4,250 or 4,200.5. Last year, missed this by 400 yards. Uh, he had 3,819. Why is it significantly higher uh, than it was last year? Probably because of the addition of Julio Jones. But that's a high number for Ryan Tannehill. Who has the balls on this over? That's a really high number, and I do. I I would lean the over, to be honest with you, because he has seen an increase in his passing yards over his two years, and they added Julio Jones, who's going to replace Corey Davis. So you're replacing Corey Davis with a wide receiver that's going to be a Hall of Famer, and Corey Davis had a great year last year. So, I mean, you assume that those mm-hmm. touches are either going to go to A.J. Brown, who, by the way, when he catches the ball, can go for an extra 20, or Julio mm-hmm. Jones, who can catch literally any ball. So, I don't hate this. Obviously, it's higher than his, than what he threw last year, but it's because they added a huge weapon. And with any team, whenever you add a weapon like Julio Jones, a generational Hall of Fame talent, they're going to bring up his passing yards. And I think he might be able to cover it. I mean, his passing yards did increase, even with the introduction of Derrick Henry, who's also a generational talent. So, I mean, I, I don't hate it, right? I don't hate it. I don't love it. But I, I would lean the over for sure on this just because you never know how that offense is going to run when you've got Julio Jones and A.J. Brown on your right and left side. He did Completely. hit it back in 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a different round to in 2015. Yeah, that was a different round to know. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, I, first of all, I love your point about the yards after contact. I mean, these are two guys, Julio and A.J. Brown, who are huge, big, strong receivers – and historically, Julio is one of the best receivers uh, after you know yards after contact. AJ Brown last year. I mean, this guy like breaks like three tackles every single play. And again, these are all yards that will go to Tannehill. So I do think the number's high. But you know, going back to the, the two K yards rushing argument that Trent brought up earlier, obviously Derrick Henry did this last year, so that's a concern. Is okay? Well, are they going to feed Derrick Henry like they did last year? Well, even when they did, Tannehill still put up you know thirty. 900 3800 whatever it was but historically speaking derrick henry it shouldn't be expected that he's going to be fed the same way and he's going to get the same yards total after 2000 yards when adrian peterson did it a few years ago in minnesota he dropped 800 yards next season granted he missed a couple games but still 800 is a pretty big number chris johnson also a titan um in like 07 08 i don't know bones you can fact check that one what year that was he dropped 700 yards a game or not, not a game, in the season, but played um, all, all 16 games. So it seems like it's a pretty pretty much a lock that Derrick Henry obviously will still have a good season. He was unstoppable, but 2,000 yards back-to-back year is going to be a lot to ask for. So with that, 
going for Ryan Tannehill, a little bit less rushing from Derrick Henry with the addition of Julio Jones and the fact he was still able to throw for just less than 4,000 yards with Derrick Henry running for 2K. It really seems like it's a pretty easy number for Tannehill to hit and his mm-hmm. touchdown prop too, I love. What I'm hearing mm-hmm. though is Derrick Henry under on the yards. Yeah, well, we'll talk. I keep, we'll talk about that next week. But yes, but yeah, the touchdown prop for Tano also twenty and a half, and he threw for thirty three last year while Derrick Henry was. It's like I said for the the Dalvin Cook argument. Like they're just. I feel like when you have that good of a running back, it opens up your the quarterback to throw touchdowns at the, you know, the one, two, or three yard line. So twenty and a half is such a low number. How I, I, he threw for thirty three last year. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting that that they about Tannehill and. And like, there's just like so much talent there. It, I mean, not, who knows how the how the offense is going to flow. It's interesting that his line on yards is significantly higher than it was uh, previously last year, but his touchdowns are lower. I don't know why Vegas does that. Doesn't make much sense to me. Next up, we got two more guys on this list in the middle tier ten QBs. Pretty gross. Zach Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger. Let's start with Zach Wilson, guys. Is anyone going to actually leave their house and place units on Zach Wilson's over or under passing yards at 3,800 and a half? That's, to me, sounds like a lot for a rookie, especially a rookie that's in fucking New York. It feels like so much for a rookie that's playing for my home team, and I'll keep it very short. I think I have the over for both. And here's why. Zach Wilson's oh. going to play every down, and he's going to throw the ball probably every down because of the lack of depth and immediate impact he has behind him in his running backs. Um, so I think if you're looking at 3,800 yards, he might get th- like 3,801 yard because he's going to be throwing the ball so frequently. But also, the one thing I looked at with the passing touchdowns as well that I think is going to attribute to the passing yards, in Darnold's rookie year with literally no offensive weapons to throw to. He only missed this mark by four touchdowns. Zach Wilson is coming into a team where he not only has Corey Davis to throw to, who I think is very undervalued, Jameson Crowder, who can reel the ball in from anywhere, but also a rookie year Elijah Moore and a sophomore season Denzel Mims. This is a this is a very nice receiving core that could play into Zach Wilson's hands very nicely. He, they can all do very different things. And they're and they're out running. Everyone's laughing at me right now. I have to talk myself into this team. Being don't good. don't let Mikey over talk you into the Jets being good. Don't <laughs> let him do it. But listen, with a deeper receiving core, new head coach, and improved offensive line, I don't see why he can't get over 20 and a half passing touchdowns. And honestly, if he plays like the way the scouts are saying he should, and he throws the way he's been throwing in preseason when he finally finds his wide receivers, I don't see why he can't get over 3,800 yards. Mike. I don't know. You did a great job, really putting, giving it your all, trying to sell it. <laughs> you really gave it your all. I, I applaud that, but you're fucking crazy if you think yeah. I'm taking no, this. No, I, I, I agree. I think this is one of the uh, most embarrassing lines on this list. I just, it just, I don't see how Vegas got to this number. Only four rookie quarterbacks ever have thrown for 3,800. Four <laughs> ever, ever. And those were Andrew Luck. Justin Herbert last year, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston. So, I mean, obviously, it, it's not all that. That list isn't all Hall of Fame legends, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. They, all those teams had better pieces than the Jets do. But I will say, Mike, 21 and a half is honestly a pretty low number. Gardner Minshew threw for 21 touchdowns in his rookie season. 
also on a bad team. It's a very low number. 21 and a half is very low. I honestly would agree with you. I think the passing yards number is obscenely high. There's no reason why his number should be this high unless Vegas really thinks this kid is going to come out here and sling, which I could see. I mean, Justin Herbert did it last year, but Justin Herbert's also fucking Justin Herbert. And I'm not going to call Zach Wilson Justin Herbert before the year even starts. So, I mean, it's been done before. Why can't Zach Wilson do it again would be my question, you know? The only person slinging it in New York is his smoke show girlfriend. <laughs> Why not. would she be slinging it? <laughs> She's slinging. You know, what, what, is, what is she slinging? Yeah, what, you, what is she slinging, bro? Slinging it back. She's slinging the neck. <laughs> oh, my God. This is turning into something weird at 9 a.m. on a Thursday. <laughs> yeah, he's a Mormon. Move on. Unless Gavin uh, wants to talk shit about Zach Wilson. Yeah, is that, Gavin, you got anything? Or can we just move on? And yeah, out? I mean, he, he is over my boy Jalen Hurts. Uh, oh, no. He's at 21 and a half. He's at 21 and a half, and Jalen's at fucking 20 and a half. What is I, going on? Is I did a, that to myself. I did that to myself. Jets. What? He found he a way to get Jalen Hurts in the show. As, like, one of your, like, main go-to guys. Uh, hey, I mean, you and Mike, you both showed out for this take. You found a way to somehow weave Jalen Hurts into this conversation, and Mikey Overs put his soul on the line trying to sell us on this over. No Dude, this, guy's never, this guy's never thrown a fucking pass in the NFL and they're already putting him over my boy. It's kind of bullshit. Fuck Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Last QB rounding up this conversation. Uh, don't know how he's still swinging it, but Ben Roethlisberger for the Steelers is over unders at 3,900 and a half. Last year, he missed this by 100. Uh, he finished with 3,803. They had Chase Claypool just got hurt recently. I ain't fucking taking this. Someone try and sell me on taking a side here. I mean, anything yeah. other than the under, I think you're psycho. But I mean, I, I didn't. I don't really have anything to say about this guy at all. I would take the under on both. I have no statistical analysis to back it up, other than the fact that I think this old motherfucker's not making it through the full season. That elbow is done. He's done. This Steelers team is, I just don't see him doing it. If anyone has the over, I'd love to hear the, the argument for it, but I just, I have nothing other than he's not making it through the full season. There's no way. I feel like his over under touchdown props pretty low 27 and a half. He finished with 33 last year. I mean, Mike, if you think that Zach Wilson is hitting his over in 21 and a half, you don't think Big Ben can throw six more? I, I honestly do not because I don't think he's going to make it through the full season, man. I really don't see it happening for him. I don't see it happening for him this year. He definitely has, like, talent there on the team, obviously, with Juju and Johnson. And obviously, I feel like one of the factors, though, them just getting um, Najee Harris is, like, they're definitely going to want to, like, put his young legs to use. And I feel like that's definitely going to take some of the load off of Big Ben. But I told myself I'll never bet on the Steelers or Big Ben after last year live betting, hammering them against the Joe Burrowless Bengals in which they lost. And it literally looked like Big Ben couldn't even – he didn't even know how to fucking tie his shoes that night. He nah, – Big Ben sucks. I felt like he was he was drunk. I feel like he was drunk. He's washed. He's washed. I mean, he couldn't hit he couldn't hit this number last year, and they had absolutely no running game. Their running game was legitimately a two-yard dump off to Juju. And that was like when they needed a run play – that they couldn't call it the second half of the season when James Conner forgot how to play football. That I mean, was their I running play. I feel like you guys are forgetting about 
<laughs> forgetting about the fact that uh, he or the Steelers were 10 and 0 last year. Worst of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Arguably one of the worst of all time. Like thinking they were good and then they completely sold. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I don't, I don't see how that has up, to do with anything. No, it doesn't. I mean, Timmy Bone really doesn't. Yeah, thanks, Bones. I know they were 10 last year. I'm still not betting on Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> if Juju is still out here dancing on logos, I want nothing to do with that team. Bones, are you on Are you on Roethlisberger? <laughs> not a chance. Okay. I'm just saying, when you call Big Ben washed, I kind of agree, but they did start the season. They actually went 11-0 to start. And even, even if that was just a fluke, it's still 11 straight games in the NFL. That's really hard to come by. So. I chalked it up to the defense. They got a great defense. They do got a great defense. Mike Tomlin is a great defensive coach. So I still want to touch the over, but just a stat to have, you know? So I'm here. What and is, that was Timmy Bones. What is the over <laughs> under on how many beers you think Ben Roethlisberger could slug on the night out? Scott, I'll put it at 14. I think his shoulder problems, I don't even know if he can get the beer up to his mouth. Like, <laughs> so, but the over under might be affected by that injury, man. That nagging injury. That's what I'm saying, dude. He just looks like he's always hurt. He's yeah. older than Tom Brady. That's all. He's not, but like he's 100% older than Tom Brady. He looks like he's 10 years older than Tom Brady. We need a birth certificate check from Timmy Bones on Big Ben and Tom Brady. Yeah, date of birth, please. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that rounds up the top or not top 10, middle tier middle 10 tier. quarterbacks uh, over unders. I would like to know, guys, anyone on this list potentially have the ability to lead the league and pass? When I look at this list, to be totally honest with you, and the arguments kind of we put together, there's only two guys I would maybe think about sprinkling. Uh, probably Kirk would be one of them. I think he could be a guy that comes out and has leads the league in passing and everyone's like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on with Kirk? And then I think too, if you guys are really spot on with your analysis and so horny for this guy, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick in a full 16 with a young Washington football team comes out and surprises some people. But other than that, you know, I think Kyler's going to have a great year. I don't think he leads the league and I don't think anyone else in this list is going to lead the league either. So. I feel like you you got to throw Russ and you know you got to throw him in the mix. I just don't know if I love him to lead the league in passing. I think he'll hit no, his I'll over. I think anyone he'll, he'll lead the league. But I mean, when you have DK and and Lockett, I mean, Kirk has obviously Jefferson and Thielen. I I do like both of both the guys they're throwing to. So, so I, I mean, think the none of these guys are probably leading the league in passing. But what we found out yesterday that we forgot to bring up so far is that the last two guys to have led the league in passing came into the season respectively at what? The eighth best odds? And the fifth. So, yeah, okay. So you're looking at – so I think we, like, I'm pretty confident saying it's like, you know, the guys we talked about on Tuesday, it's the guy who ends up leading the league in passing is not going to be one of those top five guys because it just hasn't been recently. But, I mean, so it's a fair question. Like, one of these guys could do it and just, you know, come out of nowhere. And I don't hate your Kirk Cousins take, Mike. I don't think it's, he's going to do it. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. There's really no one, like, there's no one on here. I think the only people that have a remote chance of, like, cracking the top ten on this list are probably Kirk Fitzpatrick, I guess Russ, and maybe Tannehill. No. There are some honorable, honorable <laughs> mentions. Uh to talk about here. I know Mike, Mike, you got one for us. 
Yeah, I've got two. I mean, if healthy, Carson Wentz, for sure, at plus 8,500. I think he could lead the league in passing in the Indianapolis Colts team. And whenever they release his over-under on passing yards and touchdowns, and if he's healthy, I love that for Carson. I think this is this might be the year of Carson. I could see Gavin over here absolutely wincing in pain because he just has no way of removing his Philadelphia fandom. And then also my throw-a-dart play, Drew Locke at plus 30,000. He's looking great in training camp, and Jerry Judy is going to dominate this year. So those are my two. If I had two darts and I was throwing them at a dartboard, it'd be Carson Wentz and Drew Locke. For the odds. That has to That's be a so gross. Like, Are we actually for real about uh, Carson Wentz leaving? <laughs> like, you're, you're bitching about, like, Ben Roethlisberger maybe finishing out the season. Good luck rooting for uh, – <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing darts. I'm throwing darts. Hey, at one time I was like Pennsylvania guy, but no longer for sure. But wait, are you done with or Jason? You got? Uh, yeah, I mean, before you get into your second conversation about Jalen Hurts today, I'll just talk for a quick second about something that's actually non-biased, uh, and that's obviously Baker over 29 and a half rushing touch or passing touchdowns. I mean. That's got to be a lock this year. 4,000 and a half is a little much for Baker. Uh, it's still a run-heavy offense over there in Cleveland, so I'm kind of confused how that number is so high. It hasn't even hit 4,000 so far. But 29 and a half, I, I definitely like that for Baker. I'm not going to come out here and say I'm taking any of these fools, any of these honorable men. If, if a quarterback wasn't – if we haven't talked about a quarterback on – you know, if the quarterback wasn't one of these 20 guys we've talked about already – they're not leading the league in passing. So I'm not going to come out here and say I'm hammering Drew Locke to lead the league in passing. Although <laughs> I don't hate it. Uh, but the only other actual honorable mention I got is I was looking at just the rest of the lines. And Daniel Jones is for some reason at 3,800 and a half passing yards. And I don't know. Under seems like a lock there. So That is absurd. Yeah. Under, dog water. Under <laughs> seems like a – and Saquon's back. So, I don't know. I'm yeah, they added Kenny Galladay, right. but that bitch still can't throw the ball. No. Yeah, and Kenny Galladay can't stay healthy. But, um, all right, I guess we uh, have to listen to some Jalen Hurts bullshit right now. Yeah, Take yeah, it away. Top it off here. Obviously, to start the conversation, not like you said, Jason, not pulling for him to lead the league in passing yards in any way. Respect, respect. Give have a quick rundown because I just feel like my guy is getting disrespected. I already brought it up that Zach Wilson, who hasn't even played in the NFL yet, is on the Jets. Already had a higher over under in passing TDs, but let me just break it down. So he's at 3,650 passing yard over under this year, which is just like mind boggling. That's, that's low. That's low. In incredibly low. And then what I absolutely love, which I'm definitely going to hammer, is 655 rushing yards over under. I mean, he's a playmaker. He, he makes plays with his feet. When the pocket collapses, he's Obviously, great pocket awareness guy. We saw that last year. Wentz, obviously, led the league, I'm pretty sure, at one point in sacks. And then my guy Jalen steps in, brings us back in the Green Bay game, first start against the Saints, gets the dub. But based on his over-unders, here's, here's the stats. He would need to have 214 yards per game and 38 rushing yards, 38 and a half rushing yards over-under per game to hit the rushing. Now, I just feel like week to week in Vegas, he's at least going to be propped at between 40, 50 rushing yards, considering last year in his three starts, 
he he had 38 attempts and rushed for 238 yards. And then in those three games as well, he had 847 passing yards. And that was coming into a battered system. And now adding, obviously, Devontae Smith. We just obviously O-line coming back healthy. Jalen Rager's continuing to evolve. Um, we added Landon Dickerson to also help complement the O-line. I don't know. You guys are calling me crazy, but if Jalen Hurts just has a healthy season, I feel like he's smacking these because it's like it's all we have. And, and we all know – we like obviously we all know – I'm like getting freaking battered up over here. We all know that NFC East is not a strong division. And when we're looking at these numbers and like the teams he's playing between the Cowboys – I mean, granted, the Redskins obviously have a great defense. But the Cowboys and Giants and like we have a cupcake schedule. We have the Jets. We have the Broncos. We have like – Oh, whoa. I will see you December 5th when Zach Wilson I'll literally throw any bet on a Jalen Hurts head to head against Zach Wilson. Dude, fuck, fuck Jalen Hurts bets. You you got me looking at the Eagles from the Super Bowl odds plus seven seventy five hundred. <laughs> like bro, that was a fire argument. I gotta say. I'm fucking hammering every Jalen Hurts bet. You got me. Gave it no. his all. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, obviously, I'm coming from a biased standpoint. Obviously, die hard. Oh, never mind. Like, the way that yeah. they- Why are you going to throw that in there? Yeah, I'm out. This is all I'm, out. I'm out. I'm out immediately. <laughs> immediately for that reason. You're so I'm close, Gavin. Come on. I forgot you were an Eagles fan. We talked about good running backs. We have Miles Sanders. We have the O-line, like, you know, coming back healthy finally. Lane Johnson, freaking um, Jason Kelsey, like, veteran guys who can – like benefit and help Jalen. And I don't know, like at the end of the day, it's going to be based upon Nick Sariani, head coach, you know, just coming in. He's really going to have to like, I don't know, show out or he's going to get chirped out of the city. But Jalen Hurts is just getting so disrespected. And I don't see any reasons why he's our main guy. Just absolutely hammering these props because it's like, it's all we have. And he's a playmaker. And we saw that last year. And that was the Eagle Hour presented by Gavin. <laughs> Thank you, Gavin. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's better, you, better than the fucking <laughs> hour. That's for sure. No, I, I do. I do think you're right. Though. I think I think they're definitely undervaluing Jalen Hurts this year with these numbers for sure. Yeah, it's pretty disrespectful. Uh, Dude, he but, tossed up 342 yards last year against Dallas and 338 against the Cardinals. Like those were his second and third starts. Oh, oh, oh. They got Dude, a really Bones, Bones and Steven are going at it in the chat right now about this. Right now. <laughs> they're, they're, they're All right. Well, that concludes our debates about over-unders on the middle-tier quarterbacks. Uh, let's end the show here. Timmy Bones, another episode, another time I end up screwing you over. God damn it, Timmy Bones. Why do you keep letting me forget your segment? God damn it. Yeah, me I mean, the bad beat. beats were kind of uh... – like second tier to all this NFL talk. The bad beats the last couple of weeks. It's just baseball right now. Like it's just baseball. You get screwed over in the ninth inning in any of these games. You're just like, what did you expect? Did you really expect the Dodgers to cover the run line? It's the ninth inning. They're up by two. Probably not. So it's just kind of one of those times a year where you're just, just counting down the minutes until it's okay. Losing units left and right, bro. It fucking sucks. I know all about losing units. I'm the king of it. Uh, you got any bad beats for us or fuck that? Yeah, you, you talked about the Dodgers one. I'll cover uh, – we were talking about the Giants earlier. Um, another run line situation. Going into the top of the ninth, it's 5-2. to two. They got a three-run cushion. Um, Chilling. Not, 
not looking good already. The NL East is just notorious for all these run line blowups. Uh, <laughs> we get two runners on. They hit a three-run homer. Sorry, two-run homer. Run line already busted. Oh. Top of the ninth inning. Um, you just can't seem to catch a break. But the worst one of the home runs is the over-under in the Angels-Tigers game from the other day. Going into the ninth oh, inning, yeah. it is it is two to two. Two to two. The over-under is nine. He gets a grand slam <laughs> in the ninth inning. And you're, you still have a run to go. It's only it's only six to two. The over under is nine. You still got a run cushion. Next batter, solo shot. See <laughs> so that's it. Over under is cashed. Like I said, this time of year, baseball is just bullying us. Bullying. I mean, that's that's your fault if you're taking an Angels under. That's true. Hey, you talk about it every show. Angels over, but two two in the ninth to not hit the under. That's got to put you down for a couple days. Just yeah. crawl into bed. That's disgusting. That's terrible. Um, Fuck, dude. If you're taking an Angels under, that's on you, brother. Don't feel bad for you. Uh, but, th- hey, great show today, fellas. Great show. Talking about NFL QB over under odds, bad beats, shit from last night. Fuck the Dodgers. Fuck Kenley Jansen. Padres are trash. Giants, they already smashed their win total. We got MLB playoffs coming up in a little bit or a couple months. Uh, but can't wait for that shit to start. And as always, NFL is just around the corner, and you know where to find the best content. It's on Book It Sports. Download the Book It Sports app today for free on the Google Play Store and Apple App Store. It's the best decision you'll make, best community to join, all about sports betting. So go download it. What are you doing? Great show. Tune in next week, Tuesday, uh, where we'll be discussing more positions in the nfl over under odds uh but let's make some coin today guys let's cash some tickets have a great day finish the week in the green as always book it we'll see you